this is Web3 Talks, the podcast where we learn how to build Web3 projects directly from Web3 founders. My name is Maciej Budkowski and I talk with the founders about their projects, business models, technology, community building, user acquisition strategies, and more. If you want to start your own project or are just curious about the space, this podcast will bring you answers. Stay tuned. Hello, Zakul. I, I, I'm very happy to have you on the pod. For those who don't know Zakul, he's a founder of Coordinate, a tool to recognize and reward DAO contributors. And it got pretty big this year. And I bet that, you know, 20, well, last year, because 2022 just started. And I bet 2022 will be a huge year for them. But like, before we get to Coordinate, could you, Zaku, tell us a few words about your background in a crypto slash web free slash blockchain space? Sure. It's pretty short. So I've only been in the space for about a year. I sort of discovered it through Yearn. And uh, I was friends with Tracheopteryx and saw what they were up to at Yearn and just kind of got really, really excited about DAOs. Uh, my previous work is I was a, a co-founder of a consultancy called Converge. And we brought together corporate and nonprofit and government leaders to address systemic issues. You know, so how would you, how do you conserve 500,000 acres of redwoods? Oh. Or how do you protect migrant rights across borders? Um, these large systemic issues that require many different people collaborating together. And so, you know, how I often think about it now is we were building in real life DAOs. And so, you know, one of our big challenges always was how do we scale this work? Because, you know, we were bringing together people in these convenings, you know, in the same room for three or four days and learning about decentralized decision making and network leadership and all these things that turned out to be kind of directly mm -hmm. applicable to what was happening in, in the DAO space. So it was kind of late to the party. But when I discovered it, I just got really excited because it was sort of a, a way to scale the work we'd been doing for the past several years at Converge. Wow, like it seems like a perfect background to work in DAOs. And, you know, I feel that maybe you've been late to the party, but I don't think you've been late to the DAO party. Like, I think the last year mm -hmm. was like this crazy DAO explosion year, just like, you know, an NFT year as well. Yeah. So I, I, I sort mm, of have, yeah, have watched I'm, it. You know, it, it's sort of, yeah, I think, you know, I'm just another person that kind of saw the potential and got really excited about you know, the kind of coordination mm. and collaboration that these structures allow. And a lot of us saw it at the same time and got excited and DAOs blew up, you know, and now it's on us to actually execute and sort of deliver on the promise that we all see. Yeah, great. Before I get to the next question, I just want to say that it's pretty inspiring that, you know, you've been in this space for a year only because like there are people who are like for, you know, 12 years or something. And you already started building. Like I know that many people, when they enter the space, they prefer to stand on the sidelines and just, you know, oh yeah, I will spend a year or two just looking around. <laughs> but it's super cool that you started building, and yeah, I'm inspired by that. <laughs> so, like I, you know, you said that your like mm -hmm. origin story of of Coordinate is and yours as well is related related to your finance. Uh, so could you share the story behind the Coordinate and what's the main idea behind the product? Zem and Tracheopteryx, who are the, the co-founders of Yearn, or excuse me, co-founders of uh, Coordinate, uh, we've been talking for quite a while just about these different ideas of 
decentralization and especially <laughs> how do you tap into collective intelligence, right? How do you actually cohere and align um, and, and make the, the whole greater than the sum of its parts? And so we had been having these conversations and Trey and Zem were both contributors at Yearn. Um, and I sort of came in and saw like, wow, there's an actually decentralized organism that is functioning <laughs> um, and even thriving. So we got excited about what was happening there. And one of the things that we saw was the monthly grants that Yearn was giving to all these different contributors, right? And there was essentially like a grants committee and people that were contributing to Yearn would apply for grants. And there were numerous challenges with this. You know, one is that there was a small committee that was making these subjective decisions around, mm -hmm. well, what's what grant should be rewarded, right? And how much? Um, and what about this person who did all this stuff but didn't apply for a grant even? You know, do we just give them a gift? What about this person who applied for a grant, but it's too much, you know? So do we just give them half or do we reject it? And also, like, how did we end up on the grants committee? <laughs> it was sort of just by default. The people that were there were making these decisions, but they were never, you know, chosen to be there. Um, and so it was just, it, it was kind of a, <laughs> it, it was kind of satisfying to nobody, you know? And so one of the threads that we followed was at my previous company, Converge, we never had anyone on payroll. Um, the way that people got paid was we would do work for clients and invoice them. And then we would put that invoice in the middle of the table uh, mm. for all of the team members that had worked on it. And we would decide together through a conversation who should get paid what based on what happened over the course of the project. And we did that for eight years. We still do that today. That's how Converge works. Um, there's no one draws a salary. Everything is based on a conversation. Hmm. And so we started thinking like, what if we could do that asynchronously? You know, what if we could build a tool so that people can bank and compensate others based on the value that they saw being contributed? And so, you know, the first epic of Coordinate was really, you know, true to, true to its use, testing in prod, which I feel like we still are and, and hopefully always will be to some extent. Yeah, but it was really like, okay, let's just let the contributors reward each other. And that was, you know, kind of the first circle. And really Coordinate very organically grew out of that first prototype and other folks starting to say, hey, that looks cool. Can we use that? Can we try it? And, you know, this was a common pain point for a lot of DAOs, especially on community contributions. And so we just kind of went from there. Great. Could you expand for people who are not familiar with Coordinate, how, how does it work? So, for example, like I am a contributor in a project and how can I get rewarded for, for the stuff I've done? Sure. So you essentially are entered into us what we call a circle. So a circle is... Uh, the people within a certain project and the budget that you're trying to allocate. So in the case of Yearn, they give out about two YFI tokens, two YFI uh, every month to their contributor circle. And so over the course of that month, that's what we call an epic. So an epic is just whatever length of time you're reviewing. Um, contributors in that circle get 100 give. And these give are essentially, you can think of them as like uh, poker chips. Right? They're yours, and, and the total number of give equals the total amount of budget trying to be distributed. 
And so you look through the different contributors, you put them on to your team so that you can directly reward those folks who you saw or experienced somehow, you can speak to the value that they added, right? So one of the ideas behind Coordinate is we really lean into this subjective opinion of everyone in the circle to say, you know, here's who I thought added value and you allocate your give. And then when the epic is closed, uh, the percentage of give you received, the total percentage of give you received equals the total percentage of whatever budget is being allocated. So people use this to allocate, you know, both stable coins and, you know, their native token uh, to their communities. Okay, thanks for that. One question that I have in mind, you know, because I was playing around with Coordinate before we organized this uh, episode, that I was wondering, like, do you have any problems with you know groups of people that just want to exploit somehow the fact that it's subjective or because DAOs are so transparent it's uh, even if these kind of people you know arrive to the DAO they are very quickly you know kicked out or something yeah i i would say a couple things and tracheopteryx speaks about this really eloquently about how we're used to sort of you know the base layer of blockchains being very hyper vigilant about attack vectors right and that mm-hmm. trustlessness is super important but when you get into this layer of of DAOs and collaborators it's actually it has a lot more trust built into it um, you know it's very rare that people are going to show up into a DAO and actually achieve the level of contribution where they get invited into or vouched into a coordinate circle and then go through the trouble of trying to, you know, collude or somehow cheat the system. Um, by the time you're there and actually doing things that gets you entry into a circle, it's probably because you somehow believe in the DAO and are looking, you know, looking to really make an impact. Um, the other thing is that because of the way that coordinate works, so if you go on and use it, you'll see that the results of each epic are displayed in a map. So you can see each contributor and who they gave to and who gave to them. And so, you know, if you're doing some blatant, you know, collusion where uh, if you're doing a blatant, you give to me, I give to you and, and we'll give all of our give, it'll be really obvious in that map. And it also destroys essentially your capital, your social capital um, for very little upside. You know, there's not that many protocols that are giving out millions of dollars each epic. And so it's worth it to burn all your bridges for one slightly more <laughs> uh, <laughs> gain one month. So we really haven't seen it be an issue. It's interesting to me that that's always kind of one question that people ask right away. Like, well, how about how are people exploiting it or can they? It's like, well, you, you can kind of, but there's really no upside for doing it. And we haven't seen yeah. it be a problem so far. So from what I'm hearing is that like you, you use kind of proof of work as a way to secure, you know, this token in a way that you need to do a lot of work to actually be invited to the circle. Uh, Or at least do something, right? There's very few, there's very few protocols that are just opening their coordinate circle to anyone in the discord, right? Generally, Mm -hmm. you get added to a circle because there's someone that wants to reward you for something. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, you know, it's very uh, retrospective. It's sort of like looking at what people have done. And, you know, I feel like that's actually a really a a good way for DAOs to grow because for people to show up, and obviously there's a ton of conversation about onboarding and, you know, people show up in the Discord and say like, how can I help? What do I do? And and that's one of the biggest hurdles is, is finding 
niches for people to reliably mm. contribute. In its, in, and then we need to do a better job of onboarding and sort of creating a, a clear path for folks. But also DAOs are fundamentally more ambiguous, more organic, less mechanistic way of collaborating and working. And so a certain tolerance for self-starting and ambiguity and just trying something and seeing how it lands or where it lands is, is super valuable. And so having mm-hmm. people that are willing to, to do something and then get rewarded for it is is super valuable in DAOs. Um, mm-hmm. While also noting that you know that's a huge privilege to be able to do work without getting immediately compensated for it. Um, so you know it's a complex issue for sure. I don't mean to downplay that, but mm-hmm. but it, it really does help to have a system to say you know if, if you do the work you get rewarded mm-hmm. as opposed to a bounty type system. You know that's an interesting thing that you've said that. You know, DAOs somehow filter out people who are more self-starters as if it was filtering out for more entrepreneurial people. Because like when you're an entrepreneur, that's exactly what you do. You do stuff, but you might not get rewarded whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But you do it because you believe it's valuable and useful for the world around you, at Mm -hmm. least like in in the best ways. (laughs) Some people just do it for Mm -hmm. rewards, but yeah. Just want to emphasize, this is a very both and and not a binary thing. You know, you want, obviously, doers and people that can take a task and execute it. Bounties are an extremely valuable tool for DAOs. And so is creating this entrepreneurial culture where it's kind of like you do and then are rewarded versus, well, how much am I going to get by doing this? Uh, the two, you know, really both are critical, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, I know that you're kind of like a child of fear and finance i don't know if it's the right word but you know (laughs) this is like a big doubt to work with from the start and Mm -hmm. how have you acquired other big names because i know forefront and bankless also use coordinate for their everyday work i mean i think it was just a tool that addressed a really common pain point for every dao Right. Every DAO has this issue of people coming and contributing and wanting to reward them and not wanting that rewarding to be a centralized process. And so, you know, while Coordinate is certainly far from perfect and we're, we're excited about all the different ways it can be improved, uh, it did address this kind of core pain point that a lot of DAOs have encountered, which is we have contributors that aren't necessarily ready to come, you know, be full time and, and take a salary, but are adding a ton of value. And we want a way to to reward and thank them. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, coordinate can also be a really powerful cultural tool of recognition and building a gratitude culture. And so I think because we had those two things at a time, as you alluded to earlier, when DAOs were kind of really exploding, and people were seeing the opportunity, um, we were at the Kind of right place, right time with something that addressed that that specific mm-hmm. niche need. Okay, and because you know you are in this like web free version of B two B, like DAO to DAO business. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm wondering, like, if, if I am a big DAO and I contact you and I say, okay, Coordinate is cool. Like, how can I learn more? Do you do like demos or do you have any process just like normal B two B companies, or is it different in this space? Uh, not really. I do a whole lot of, you know, demos, AMAs, walking communities through how to think about coordinate. 
No, I think in that way, you know, it's it's very similar. Now we we used to have when we first started, circles weren't permissionless, so you could only start a circle after you sort of contacted us um, and got it going. Now circles are permissionless; anyone can go start one anytime. But we encourage people to reach out. I'm always happy and always available to come do, you know, kind of an onboarding AMA with any community that wants to use it because um, we it, it does really help sync things up and help a community understand like what is this, how to use it. But yeah, you don't need to. You can also, you know, we have some videos up on how to. We have our docs and you can go start a, a circle anytime. Okay, cool. So what has been the biggest growth challenges for you so far? Because you've already grown pretty big. Well, wondering like, you know, what have you tackled on the way to get here? I think everyone building in this space, you know, limited dev bandwidth, you know, finding developers is hard, finding good ones that you vibe with really hard. And then, um, you know, helping them sort of decide on what to prioritize and what to work on. Um, you know, speaking for myself is the always the least technical person in every conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like devs are wizards. You know, I, I don't understand how they how they do it, but I sure appreciate it. So just bandwidth, you know, has been difficult. The speed at which things move, you know, seeing all the different potential for collaboration, thinking about what do we build ourselves versus what do we collaborate on? What do we build on top of all of these things? There's a thousand priorities of things that need doing. And so how do you just prioritize um, has been a huge challenge. I think responding to, you know, the flood of feature requests that come with a flood of new users, they're all good. And, you know, with a small dev team, just trying to sort of line up what are the priorities one at a time. Those things have all been challenges. And honestly, also recognizing that coordinate has the potential to really facilitate some powerful conversations among teams and trying to figure out ways to do that in asynchronous ways is also, I feel like, a, a big challenge for us. You know, it's really powerful to see these results of a circle, but something we definitely learned in Converge, and I think people are learning with Coordinate, is that conversations that come out of these results are much more powerful than the results themselves. If you have a chance to, as a team, look at the results of this map and these allocations and start saying, well, what do we value you know, based on, on what we're allocating here? Are we valuing each team member to say thanks? Or are we actually just going purely on you know, the value that they've contributed to the protocol? What do we do when someone feels like they're not being adequately compensated? How does someone put up their hand and let them know, let everyone know what they've been working on? These feedback loops are, are incredibly critical and trying to find more and more innovative and asynchronous ways to help protocols have those conversations uh, is also a challenge just given that everyone has, you know, limited amount of time and brain power to be at their screen. Yeah, you know, it's really fascinating that, you know, you just by using one tool, you can transform the whole culture in a company, like a company or a DAO, whatever. But Mm -hmm. You know, just one, it's like, you know, this one rock that is just like creating this avalanche, but an avalanche of a good thing because avalanche of transparency, mm -hmm. as far as I understand. And sometimes it can be hard for people because, you know, how to say, okay, I think I should be rewarded more tokens because I think it was more important than something like this is a hard conversation to have. But if you don't have these kind of conversations, mm -hmm. 
you get like, you know, instead of getting technical debt, you get this kind of, you know, relational debt that you are going to pay one day. So I think it's super powerful. I also read one story of uh, Y Academy that used Coordinate to replace grades for students. So, you know, students were given tokens and they had mm. to just share them among the group. And this is actually a nice solution for this, you know, kind of like, like a very popular problem in group projects where you have one person on the, in college that does all the work and everyone is just free riding on them. So I see that like it has bigger potential than you might see from the outside. And I'm wondering, like, do you have any ideas or thoughts about long-term impact of Coordinate? that you could have. I mean, yeah, that's our whole motivation in starting it. Really, you know, it goes much beyond compensation and distributing. Really, it does go to this concept you talked about of of helping us to invent a new way to collaborate. And really, how can our work also contribute to our own personal growth? How can our work contribute to actually upgrading systems for coordination and collaboration? You know, my personal motivation for working on this is actually, you know, my most of my career, I come from the, the sustainability space and working with corporations around sustainability strategy. And, you know, we're, we're entering the real, the teeth of the Anthropocene, you know, and, and solving some really intense, wicked global challenges from ecological collapse, you know, food insecurity, the list goes on. Everyone, you know, is aware of all these massive systemic problems that are really you know, I think Kevin Awaki and the Getcoin folks and their memes around slaying Moloch um, and the greatest LARP are right on. You know, this, the whole point of this Web3 technology is really how are we going to get a lot better at mass collaboration and coordination? And so, you know, using tools like Coordinate, ideally, as we improve it and they, they facilitate more of these conversations about what are my gifts to give? You know, how can I add value to a project? And what is it that I can bring that's appreciated by people? You know, if, if we have a tool that helps you find and discover that, there's huge implications for it, right? It really increases the, the level of trust needed. And, you know, if, if you have enough trust, the point of trust is so that you can engage in conflict. And so I can have the hard conversation to say, I know you worked for 10 hours on this video, but it's not good. And so, you know, I'm not going to give you as many give as this other person because this didn't add value, but here's the way it could be better. You know, that's the whole point of building trust is so that you can have these hard conversations and stay in relationship through them. So, you know, that's, there's a lot of ways that I feel like tools like Coordinate and, and obviously there's a lot of other awesome stuff being built in the space can really contribute to much higher functioning collaborations at scale of the kind that we're going to need when we really want to start tackling some of these serious problems. You know, allocating tokens is an important problem. <laughs> you know, solving regional food security mm -hmm. is is an even more pressing problem. Yeah, I see that because, you know, I was thinking before our recording about using this kind of tool in like a classic company. Obviously, they want to use it because of other reasons, but like imagine using it in like in a classic corporation mm -hmm. and the thing that it changes is the focus on the output like you know the real value you provide 
instead of inputs that when you get bigger, when a company gets bigger and you might get snowed under the processes and procedures, it's very easy to focus on the inputs and just forget about the value that we want to create. So I think, especially for bigger organization and, you know, bankless is a pretty big thing. Like I've heard, I was watching some interviews and I've heard that they've used Coordinate to coordinate 300 people at once. So this is like a medium-sized company. So yeah, like uh, I think especially for the bigger entities, it might be super Mm. powerful. Yeah, and I think, you know, they will continue to iterate and understand how exactly to use this tool. I've seen some really big circles. Uh, Sometimes those can can make sense for real broad community contribution circles. Uh, Other folks have circles that have six, seven, eight people in them. Um, where there's a lot of a lot of shared context and a lot of trust, uh, so it becomes a really powerful conversation each time there's an allocation. You know, I, I think that one of our goals with Coordinate is to create a tool that's highly customizable, so that for all these different use cases, you know, eventually we'll have features that you can turn on and turn off to really customize it to to fit the specific instance that you're using. But yeah, ultimately, you know, the goal is that compensation is decentralized and there's no one saying, you know, here's how much you're going to get. It's really always based on what's the value you're providing. And there's obviously a million ways to interpret that question and we'll leave it up to every DAO to do it. Mm. You know, it's this funny reflection that I have that, you know, Web3 is kind of low key disrupting the whole collaboration and governance, you know, ways that we've used for the last like hundreds of years. And and the way it's low key, because like, you know, it just happens on the way, like, you know, DAOs wants to make something done and they ask coordinate, for example, to help. And like, I really like the fact that it kind of happens in the background. Like it feels so natural that it's goal oriented. You know, I would like to ask you about the communities because you work with other DAOs. So it's a different community than people have when they do an NFT drop or, you know, they want to pump coin to the moon. <laughs> There's different people, different goals and so on. So I'm wondering, how do you take care of this kind of community? Is there anything specific that you need to have in mind when working with other DAOs compared to, you know, more, I might say, B2C communities? I'm not sure. You know, what really attracts me to the space is the vibes. You know, I feel like a lot of the DAOs that we work with building something because they see the potential of Web3 to really be transformational. You know, one of the things that I struggle with, and I I know a lot of people do, is we sort of are are super optimistic and excited and don't want to sound, you know, naive or Pollyanna when we talk about, you know, Web3 is going to change the world. But if it's not going to, then what are we even doing here? <laughs> and, you know, we're sort of at that stage of the game, in, in my opinion, where, you know, if we're not looking at ways to really transform the way that we collaborate systemically, then, you know, we're in for a, a, a certain kind of future. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really, I've been totally excited. And I think a lot of people are by just the energy of builders in the Web3 space. And it's interesting to me looking at sort of the conversations of crypto more broadly in the culture, criticizing sort of the, the casino nature of a lot of it, which is obviously a, a big part of the culture too. But I think what's emerging in this Web3 and DAO space 
is really special. And it's important that we sort of lean into that naive optimism and say, no, we actually can pull this off. You know, when we say, wag me, you know, we're all going to make it. I think it can be taken as like, oh, we're all going to gonna strike it rich one day. But, but it actually is literally like we're all going to make it. You know, we're going to build this thing together. And I think it's a really also a powerful movement in the sense that we have the chance to actually, you know, build a better system, taking Buckminster Fuller's quote. You know, we, we, you don't fight the old system, you just build a new one that makes the old one obsolete. And, and after, you know, all my years, I was an earth first forest activist, you know, in college fighting against the logging companies. And then I was a sustainability activist, you know, fighting against these evil corporation or, or this thing and always sort of fighting against the status quo. And now it feels like, no, we can just go build this new system. You know, we can create things. And we don't have to convince anybody. They'll, they'll just come. So it's just a, a, right now, you know, the vibes and sort of the shared values and worldview of a lot of these companies, or I should say communities that we're connecting with. I think it's awesome. It's really inspiring. Okay. So like the thing that connects you with other DAOs and makes you trustworthy partner is that you have similar attitude, like this kind of amb positively ambitious worldview. And yeah, I think that we all just we see the potential of, you know, DAOs hold the promise right now of collaborating and coordinating in a whole different way. And I think the more we're in them, we also see all the challenges, right? But all of these communities are essentially running experiments and how can we collaborate and coordinate across all kinds of difference? How could we do it better? And so you know, regardless of what their own individual missions are, they're all important experiments in upgrading our collaboration capacity. And so in that sense, it does feel like we all have a real shared value. And that's why I think it's powerful that it's happening right now, you know, in places like DeFi, where there's real monetary incentive to be doing these kind of collaborations. Um, but already, you know, we see so many examples of people turning the power of DAOs into looking at conservation mm -hmm. into looking at impacting real world, you know, real world problems and issues. And I, I think we're going to see that more and more. And so our responsibility is to make sure that DAOs are actually functionally up to the task um, of, yeah. of competing and delivering. I'm wondering, does it somehow manifest in specific actions that you take as a DAO? I mean, for example, like Madhavan from Questbook, uh, he has like his co-founder, does uh, an introductory call every day for people that join their Discord channel so they can feel at home. And they do it every day, like, you know, the same time for the last, I don't know, few months. And they feel like one of the biggest web free developers community in the space. So by the way, I can connect you to maybe you can find developers there. But fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and, but I'm wondering, do you have any specific things that you do to, you know, build this connection with community. Maybe you have some specific channel on Discord. Maybe you do something on your Twitter or you organize some kind of regular Ask Me Anything sessions or anything like that. I think we're still really learning uh, how to build community around Coordinate. You know, there's folks on our team who are doing an awesome job sort of cultivating our dev community. You know, all of our sort of core devs are, are really great at that, I think. You know, if we were ever to have a token, that certainly helps a lot. I think it's a critical 
pillar of community building because there has to be some way to you know reward and, and align incentives with people who are coming to help out and you know that's something we want to get increasingly good at i think it's also a unique challenge in building a product you know a, a community built product is something we haven't seen a lot of examples of um, or i should just speak for myself i haven't seen a lot of examples of sort of the mental model that that I notice I get stuck in a lot. And when you look at great products, there's often, you know, visionaries behind them that really hold this vision consistently. You know, have we seen great products come out of large scale collaboration? So how to cultivate a community while also, you know, delivering something that is immediately useful and functional to folks is a really interesting, you know, problem for us to continue to, to solve. Um, you know, we certainly are on the path to and fully intend to be a DAO ourselves. And, you know, my hope is that that structure allows kind of a thousand flowers to bloom and all sorts of people mm -hmm. to come build and iterate and collaborate um, on what coordinate can be. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of betting that if we can effectively find ways to harness collective intelligence, it's better than that, that single visionary leader. But, you know, I, I imagine it'll probably be a bit of a, a both and there. Um, but, you know, certainly early in our community building journey and welcome, you know, anyone who's excited about that aspect of things to come help out and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it makes, you know, a lot of sense to be also like careful about building community led products, because as you said, like, you know, if you build a normal product, you have like 200 books on Amazon, like all of them are 4.5 stars, at least average reviews. And you can learn so much, but this is like, maybe it has happened. I bet that like, if you open Harvard Business Review, there might be some cases, but I don't think there are many of them. So like Web3 is still in this trailblazing mode. And <laughs> I, you know, the thing that you said, mm -hmm. like, you know, one of the best things to, build a community is to bring them useful product. And I, and I think that's your way actually, because like, if you mm -hmm. have many people using your product community builds itself, sort of like, obviously you right. need to nurture it, but you know, at least they have something mm -hmm. to crystallize around, you know, they don't crystallize around talking, yeah. they crystallize around product, which is, I think even cooler maybe in, in some ways. Hmm. Yeah, and that's our hope is that people who are excited and, and see the potential for all the different ways that coordinate can go are excited to come help us get it there, you know, because there's sort of endless um, features and potentials, for all the things that it can do, and especially that it can integrate with. And so just finding the people who are equally jazzed on sort of that vision of improving collaboration and cohering collective intelligence, you know, they'll Perfect. show up. And I have uh, one of the last questions regarding coordinate, and this is a, about the largest technical issues that you have faced and how have you, you know, solved the, the problems that you had? Yeah, I, I mean, with the big disclaimer again, that, that I am the least qualified person to comment on our technical challenges, but I know that one thing that we're thinking a lot about, I don't know if this qualifies as a technical challenge, but, you know, thinking about decentralized id and how that really works you know not wanting nobody wants to come on to coordinate and, and build a profile you know in coordinate we all have these disparate profiles everywhere uh, 
And I think one of the real powerful opportunities of Coordinate is that in addition to compensation, it can be an incredibly powerful reputation signal, you know, to, to look at someone and see like, oh, wow, you've got, you know, 10,000 give across seven different DAOs. They must really understand the DAO landscape and know how to contribute value. You know, how do people, how are we going to sort of have that, that I'm the same person wherever I go and my reputation goes with me? You know, I, I know there's a lot of people experimenting with this and, and have, you know, early versions, but I'd love to be able to click on someone in a coordinate circle and say like, wow, they got a lot of give. I wonder, you know, who is this person? And when I click on them, I see the different DAOs that they're a part of. I see how many give they've received. I also see, you know, the PO apps they choose to display, you know, their GitHub repos. It's kind of like, you know, this decentralized LinkedIn which I know makes a lot of people barf to hear them say that, but it's a, the, specifically the graph and coordinate can be such a powerful sense-making tool for DAOs mm-hmm. you know, to understand who is here, who are, they, who are my fellow contributors, who are the ones that are getting give and what are they working on so that I can maybe you know, help out with it or wh- where can I find where there's some niches where you know, my skill set can fit. Who should I reach out to? Like this it sort of becomes this de facto directory, but having a more robust profile that I'm sure would serve all of the other places where they're also operating, it feels like a really powerful mm-hmm. opportunity um, and a technical challenge for us in sort of how do we integrate uh, who people are outside of Coordinate while they're using Coordinate. Yeah, you know, it feels as if you can have this like digital resume, but the difference between, you know, this and, and the normal one is like a normal you apply for the job and you can lie, you know, and people do it a lot. (laughs) And maybe some of them even don't lie. They just kind of paint it in the best, you know, colors they can. So they say, oh yeah, I, you know, like this person on the McDonald's that works on the cash and they say, I manage multi-million dollar transactions in one of the global (laughs) companies. And, you know, (laughs) like coordinate seems like a non-bullshit way of making this kind of internet profile because you have this proof of work and proof of value actually like even not work but the value that you contributed right and yeah like seems super cool uh, as a starting that's the best case scenario you know that it does become a, a proof of value and attestation there's there's still a lot of challenges i think to overcome there i uh, don't have to go into all of them because there are many but that is the, the you know the ultimate goal is that coordinate becomes one of many, but a very powerful reputational metric because it is sort of unfakeable in terms of like people are rewarding you for the direct value they saw okay, you great. provide. I mean, I would add just real quick that that's, I think, another technical challenge that we're experiencing in all DAOs are is, is how do I communicate to people all the things that oh, I've yeah. worked on, you know, in a way that doesn't end up being just a big make work assignment of now I have to spend an hour writing up all the things I did. You know, but how do you get insight into all the different ways that people have added value and just make sense of all the things going on, I think is a big challenge in DAOs too, and you know, probably a technical one. Yeah, it would be cool to have, you know, like for example, you work in Notion and it kind of summarizes all the tasks and there's like GPT three that writes a narrative about it, like this week we've done blah blah blah. <laughs> Obviously it right. seems like a very hard thing to do. I don't know what, even if it's possible, but like it would yeah. be super cool to have something like that. Yeah, I'm sure that through collaborating we'll find ways to get much more concise 
um, and clear ways of communicating all the things that we've done. Some way to kind of roll up our tasks that draws on, you know, calendars and GitHub, all, mm -hmm. all these different things. We're not there yet. <laughs> okay, Zaku, we are getting till the end. So I have three more questions that I ask to all my guests. <laughs> so the first one is, what has mm -hmm. been the most mind-blowing web free projects that you have seen so far? Oh, that's tough. I mean, there's so, everything is kind of mind-blowing in its own way. I'm always going to be a, a real huge fan of Yearn when you look at what Yearn has been able to accomplish and the culture which with they've done it. You know, for me, Yearn is the more you look under the hood, actually, the more fascinating it is. And they've been able to develop a very unique and multifaceted culture. I recommend everyone check out the Blue Pill, you know, the sort of book slash manifesto that we created to really talk about, you know, how are we thinking about Yearn, but, but DAOs and the Web3 movement more broadly. So Yearn is mind-blowing to me. I'm also a, a big fan of Krauss House, mm. I think, in, in the sort of, you know, hairy, audacious <laughs> goal <laughs> uh, camp um, and the community that they've assembled, you know, to, to I, I'm very confident that are eventually going to pull off their goal of owning an NBA team. Um, but the energy and uh, momentum that they've been able to capture is really mind-blowing. I'm also a really big fan of experiments like Cabin, you know, Creator Cabins and Cabin DAO. Mm. Uh, looking at how can we facilitate more in real life experiences. You know, I think that every DAO that's around within a couple of years will have a regular cadence of at least twice a year getting together in real life um, and having these deep dives to build trust and you know, do sense making and shared coherence to then go remote and go continue to build. So I, I think that project has a lot of, of cool potential of, you know, their, their vision of bringing DAOs together in real life for experiences. And I'm sure, you know, I could list a thousand more, but there's a few that I think are, are awesome projects. Okay. And what was the funniest thing that had happened during your time in the Web3 space? Something that made you laugh or, or smile? Uh, well, the, the first thing that comes, it was, it was really on, uh, really early on when a friend had told me about this the whole DeFi space and they were talking about a, a project for a decentralized mm -hmm. country. You know, this is right when Balaji was also talking about this. And, and I went onto a discord and I, you know, I was, I was posting some messages and reading things. And this person, Tracheopteryx was kept writing things. I was like, wow, like totally vibe with this person. Like, this is great. And we were having all these conversations. And then it turns out that I'd known and collaborated pretty closely with Trache in a previous life before either of <laughs> us were in Web3. And and the moment when we I realized like, wait, oh, you're <laughs> Tracheopterics? <laughs> like, I've been having this conversations with your alter ego, <laughs> not knowing that we actually knew each other and had collaborated before. That was that was pretty funny, recognizing the way, just the way that these, all of this, you know, Anon and Pseudonon world works. Yeah, well, like sometimes I wonder like how many people I <laughs> just, communicated or honest <laughs> that I might know them, you know, either from through friends or something. Yeah, that, that's really magical. Right. Okay. Thanks mm -hmm. a lot, Zaku, for your time. I have one last question and it's whom should I invite next? Like who do you think would be a good fit for this kind of conversation? Oh wow. Um it's a tough one. <laughs> I mean there is it is. Uh everybody. <laughs> Um, yeah, I will just tag like well, everyone is... on Discord and just bring them on. 
this is, I mean, a bit shameless, but uh, David Ehrlichman, who is actually my co-founder at Converge and just wrote a book called Impact Networks, I think has some tremendous insight that parallels Web3 um, from all of our work and what we learned doing working you know, in the IRL DAO space and how it translates over. I think that could be a really powerful conversation and provide sort of a different perspective that's both you know, of Web3, but not in it, if that makes sense. And so he would be a, a great person to talk to. Okay. And is he anyhow active in, in this uh, web free space as well? He is currently helping to coordinate a very informal at the time, at the moment, a network of DAO contributors um, who we're all sort of trying to share learnings and understand better what we're working on. Um, I saw he's doing, you know, some different podcasts. Uh, he was on Chase Chapman's On the Other Side podcast. Um, and he was also on... Anyway, he's doing AMAs with Index and stuff like that. So he's definitely getting active. Yeah, there's another person, actually, as long as I'm just throwing things out, I'll find them. There's um, some of the folks that I follow on Twitter who I find really compelling, but I don't necessarily know what they're working on. So selfishly, <laughs> I would love to to learn okay. learn more about them too. But I'll send you that okay, later on. Okay, I, I will try to invite them then. Yeah. Okay. So thanks a lot. All right. Thanks a lot. Like it was super interesting conversation, and and I think it will be very good intro also for people who are not that familiar with DAOs because we have like painted this very big picture that lets people understand like what's that really about it. Like it's not about buying constitution or about buying an NBA team. Like, like of course these are the goals, but like the underlying goal is much bigger than that. And, and I think it's very cool that we have talked about it. I sure hope that it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important that we have a a larger story and a larger narrative to fit ourselves in if we're going to to be here for the long haul and if we're really going to you know do something that that we're proud of and that matters. Okay. So like if it doesn't I will ask the audio editor to edit in a way that we sound super smart <laughs> like he can you know connect different sentences. <laughs> ah, great. Great. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll try and which it uh, we'll try and string it together. Yeah. Oh yeah, this person that uh, the other person I would love for you to talk to is uh, Madam Cult Leader. Okay, Cult underscore Leader on Twitter. I mean, consistently engaging perspectives, um, especially around you know how we can have more diverse voices adding adding to the movement. So uh, check them out as well. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. All right, and cool. Like, have a good day, Zach. Hey, Magic, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. It was fun. Thank you. Take care. Hey, hey. Bye-bye.